Greetings again in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We do thank God for you joining us again this morning at our worship hour. Uh, we thank God for your presence and we thank God that he has allowed us again this opportunity to come uh, to give him all praise, glory, and honor. Our scripture this morning as we move into our message comes out of the gospel of Matthew uh, chapter 18 verses 1 through 5. Matthew 18 Verses 1 through 5. When you find it, say amen. amen. Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 18, verses 1 through 5. Uh, y'all hold your finger in there because we want to jump down to one other verse. 2 Corinthians five seventeen. So, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. 17. Uh, but... Those who have your page, you can't put your finger on it. <laughs> Our scripture read this morning, uh, Matthew 18, 1 through 5. At the same time, Jesus uh, came to his disciples saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and he set him in the midst of them. And he said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble themselves as a little child, the same is greater in the kingdom of heaven. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, old things have passed away. And behold, all things are become new. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his holy and righteous word. You may be seated. You know, I found my experience uh, in this walk of life that there are a lot of people, even many of us in church, that are uh, always got the bad attitude. We got the wrong attitude about things when we come to meet one another, when we're dealing with one another. We, we got a bad attitude. And, 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 and I'm talking about uh, bad, mean, nasty attitudes. And my mother used to say that they just hateful as the devil. Y'all remember you used to say that? Hateful as the devil. Hateful attitudes on the job. Hateful attitudes in their family, hateful attitudes between them and their spouses, and hateful attitude toward their children. And, and then sometimes you get folk that's hateful even in the church. Hateful folk. Attitudes so bad that they can't get along with anybody. Have you ever said folks so bad, attitudes so bad they can't get along with themselves? Huh? Mean and hateful, can't get along. Always upset about something. And, and, and look, and I'm going to take it out on somebody. If, if I got to be able to say something, I'm going to do something. Hey, don't come at me. Don't come at me this way. They just mean. They got an attitude about it. And they have a hard time getting along with themselves. Uh, life circumstances is, is all admit of it that we have some things in our lives that, that have caused us to be able to get off the mark every now and then. All of us have had some things that knock us off the mark every now and then. You know, I know, have you ever been there? Man, I know you ain't prayed up all the time. You want to get prayed up, but there's some times when people catch you off guard that sometimes your attitude become an issue. You know, I, I can handle folk uh, with bad attitudes on the job, but, but because I know that's most of the time they're there, they trying to get a day's work in but the thing about it is they don't feel God anyway you know that thing I, I, that's my problem but my concern is, is that when I deal with church folk you know church folk is good when you're in worship service church 
smoke is good when you're in prayer service, when you're in Sunday school. But what happens when you get to church meeting? Uh, all of a sudden, that sweet spirited person that was in Sunday school, that sweet spirited person that was in, in, in Bible study, all of a sudden, when you start talking about money, when, when you start talking about church business, all of a sudden, you see a change in their demeanor.
spirits of bad attitude. Next thing you know, instead of having a leisure time off with some rest and recuperation, I come home with a bad attitude. Uh, but the thing about it is, you're going to meet folk every now and day with a bad attitude. I told you in Sunday school about the little girl that worked in Hardest. As soon as we left the lake and came by Hardest, she was up in there, young girl working behind the counter. She must have had a bad day, and she going to make me the object of her bad day. You know, and, and sometimes people like that, ain't it? Folk don't like to be bad and miserable by themselves. They want you to be miserable too. So sometimes people will be able to transmit that bad attitude right on you if you ain't prayed up, if you ain't washed up in the blood of Jesus. You need to put the Holy Spirit all over you when you go into around folk that uh, that's hateful and mean. And, and But I said, and I told my wife, she need a Medea encounter. We had just watched Medea a few days before that. I said, she need a Medea. While she was trying to wait on me, she was waiting on somebody else. I, I said, no, girl, you waiting on me right now. I wanted to say that, but I didn't. You know, but the thing is, she needed to have one of those Medea experiences. You know, bad attitude. Uh, uh, and she just didn't like her job. Have you ever seen folk like that? Don't like their job, and they got that bad attitude, and they will make sure that you feel the blunt of all of the unhappiness. And, and for some reason, you just ran across them on this day. That just happened to be the bad day, and you happened to be in front of them. You didn't do nothing to them, and you didn't say nothing to them. You didn't offend them in any, but that's because of a bad attitude. They're going to be able to unleash that bad attitude upon you. I like the old song that Patty LaBelle back in, uh, sung back in the day. She said, I'm feeling good from my head to my toes. I'm, uh, I, I know where I'm going and I know what to do. I, 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 I'm tied up to my point of view. I got a new attitude, ain't I? Uh, I'm in control. My words are few because I got love like I never knew. Oh, I got a new attitude. All of a sudden when I finally realized that that girl was trying to change my point of view, trying to change my attitude, I had to get a new attitude. I had to change my way of thinking. I, no matter how bad she had a, a bad day on the job, my weekend off, this was a time that I wanted to enjoy myself. I was feeling good from my head to my toes. I figured it was about time for me to get me a new attitude. You know, uh, these words reflect on the way that we should feel about things in life. And some things in life, you just need to feel good about it. I don't care how bad it is. You know, I've been down because of circumstances in my life. And you have too. You've been bad. Things get bad every now and then in your life. And you continue to walk around with a bad attitude. Your day ain't going to get no better. Can I get an amen in the house? Psychiatrists and social counselors, they've been trying to treat folk with drugs, trying to change their attitude. But I'm going to try to tell you, if you can take all of the medication you want, that ain't going to change your attitude. It, it, you need some Jesus in your life. See, it's a spiritual problem. You can't fix a spiritual problem with a medication. You can try it, but it'll help you for a little while. But what you need to do, you need something to change your attitude. You know, after years of treatment, millions of dollars spent, you see folk got the same attitude they had before they started their medication. They went to the doctor sick, they left the doctor sick. They went to the doctor confused, they left the doctor confused. They went to the doctor with a bad attitude, they left the doctor with a bad attitude. I, I, I called the uh, uh, VA hospital, I said, I'm having problems and I'm itching and I think it's shingles. They said, okay, uh, go to the uh, go to the urgent care. Go to urgent care. I said, so I went to urgent care and all of a sudden after I went to urgent care 
and instead of uh, VA paying the bill, Urgent Care sent me a bill. So I called VA, I said, you told me to go to Urgent Care. No, but the Urgent Care you went to wasn't in the system. I went online and I looked and I saw the Urgent Care uh, 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 supported by the VA. And, I, and, and that popped up, so I went to the one over on 29, right across from uh, uh, Joe Bean Coffee over there, and I went in there, and I said, and all of a sudden, they're going to send it. Yesterday, I called uh, uh, my, my client uh, 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 support system there at VA, and they were supposed to take care. You know what I did yesterday? I got another bill from Urgent Care. And boy, I need to get a new attitude. I was something about ready to mess my day up. I said, I done had a good weekend, and all of a sudden, these folks going to tell me that you went to Urgent Care that won't cover under our policy. I said, well, then you need to change your policy then. You know, if I got to have an Urgent Care, I ain't going all the way to Roanoke to try to have some urgent care. See, see, one day, a, a man brought his son to the disciples that Jesus was around. One day, he had a dumb spirit, and, and the disciples could not cast that spirit out of this man. And Jesus rebuked the disciples and asked them to bring the boy to me. And he brought this boy to Jesus, and he said, Thy dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee to come out of him and enter no more into him. That spirit came out of this boy, and, and by the authority of Jesus' voice. And the disciples wondered, why could not we do what you did? Jesus said, you can't get this done without much prayer and fasting. See, the thing, just as Jesus drove out that demonic spirit out of that young man, Jesus can change your attitude too. I'm, I'm helping somebody this morning. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what you're dealing with. If your attitude is not right, you don't need to go to the doctor. You need to call Dr. Jesus. Dr. Jesus will come and change that attitude. That old mean and bad and hateful attitude you got. Going to the psychiatrist, it'll give you help for a little while. But Jesus will give you something that will last, that will change your whole point of view about how you look at things and how you're dealing with life. Paul writes to the church at Rome. He said that be not conformed to this world transformed by the renewing of your mind that will prove that which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. See, to have an attitude adjustment, you have to have a transformation. You, you just can't stay the way you are and expect things to change around you. You got to change something about your attitude. You got to change something that will translate into your spirit. Oh, you can change your smile on your face, but the change your smile on your face may not be your attitude. We learn to cover up our attitude with a smile on your face, but you need to be able to change something down in your spirit. See, the Greek word for that, they call it, uh, they call it nuance, which means the mind. He said, you got to change your mind. And then he gives us another Greek word. He says pneuma, which is means spirit. You got to have something in your mind change that will translate into your spirit so that your spirit won't be able to uh, entertain those things that will cause you to have a bad attitude. Uh, and then, see, these two components work together in concert. They divine a person attitude as well uh, of a place of resonance that determines whether or not we are in the right spirit or not. So Paul is telling them to change your attitude. You've got to have a transformation of the renewing of your mind from that bad to happy, from that well-pleasing to a complete attitude that will be more like 
when I accept these principles of the kingdom of God, this kingdom thinking that Paul is trying to tell us, we can truly say, I got a new attitude. I got a new attitude, huh? We got to be able to have that in order for the half church. You can't have church with a bad attitude. You come to church and you hear what the preacher said, and that bad attitude will block your ears, and then you'll never receive that they call it your, your hearing receptors. Your hearing receptors will not receive what the Word of God says if your attitude is in the way. Huh? You, you got to get that attitude out of the way so that you can be able to receive the Word of God, so that Word of God can be able to get into your spirit, to be able to work on the inside, to be able to change what's happening on the outside. So in our text, Jesus is teaching his disciples about the social responsibility of paying taxes to the government that sits over them. Each citizen, each uh, nation is obligated to be able to pay taxes and, and to be able to provide the goods that people have need of. These governments are bad, but even uh, that does not uh, cause us to reject what the government requires of us. You know, they, you, you can rise up all you want, but if you don't pay your taxes, uh, if you don't get that sticker on your car, if you don't get them tags that on your license plate, that, that you're going to have to deal with somebody. So you got to be able to do some things uh, that the government requires. So after Jesus had commanded Peter to go and look in the mouth of the fish to get the corn to pay the tribute taxes there, and, and he said that at the same time the disciples came unto Jesus and said, who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. See, our first point we want to talk about is vain glory. See, vain glory is that attitude that 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 is not acceptable in the kingdom of God, and it needs change. And you can have vain glory. You can be in any position. You can be. Uh, and tell you the truth, you don't even have to have a position to have vain glory. You you got folk with vain glory that are in position, but you got some folk that ain't in no position, but they still got an issue with that vain glory. So the thing is, the disciples came uh, and to him and, and they had this uh, quick uh, to show their spiritual immaturity when it came to the debate about this self-centered attitude that they had. They had issues about power and, and about position and they controlled by their own selfish attitude and they had deep roots in their minds and in their spirit. Every time Jesus discussed with them his suffering that was about to come upon him, they began to ask that foolish self-centered questions and some theologians had based their debate based on the fact that Jesus always included Peter, James, and John. And sometimes that's a good thing, but what happened was the rest of the disciples saw themselves on the outside looking in. And vain glory can come into a group when you got some people that are always in the operative positions. And, and the rest of the members are wondering if they all of that, what, what, what's my position here? You can, you can get that in any group that you're working with. And the others uh, said that James and John are asking questions uh, to the fact that, that they were wondering uh, which one would be able to be second in command and when Jesus leaves and, and, and you know, who, who, who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and Jesus had that in a circle but many of us today from the pulpit to the pew we are caught up into this power struggle we got 
better have a title. And I, I ain't talking about preachers today, but we got more bishops and prophets and, 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 and all of us looking for a title. God not looking for men and women with titles. They're looking for men or women that are, are, are willing to be able to go out into all the earth, to be able to compel men, women, and boys and girls to come into the cross and save themselves from the destruction of this world. See, instead of us being focused on the subject, on the topic of, of building the kingdom of God, we're trying to build our own selves up. We, we're trying to get our own selves up. And what that does, it makes the entire church ineffective. See, many pastors and deacons, we, we have power struggles in church. Some say the deacons run the church. Others say the pastors run the church. And I believe they call this the church of Jesus Christ. It ain't none of us in charge but the one who died on that cross. Jesus is in charge. This is his church. And, and look, and, and there ain't no way in the Bible said that, that, that our church, the church that you and I run, and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But he said that the church that Jesus operates, and that he said that the heaven and hell will pass away. But his word will never change. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So this is the church. But when we have the focus is always on us, we lose all of the power and authority that God gives us. God has called pastors to be shepherds and caring for the flock. Leaders that lead by example. We are to lead by example. We are servants to the people of God. Instead of being highly exalted upon this pedestal that we above everybody else, we servants just like you are. We, we say, well, the deacons are servants of the church. Yeah, the word translates into servant. But the thing is, my role as a pastor is a servant also. I serve the body of Christ. And I got more weight on me than you do because I've been positioned under the authority of God to be the shepherd of the church. To much given, much is required. And you think it's a position that you're going to have authority? No, you just got more weight on you. Well, brother, you want a deacon? You want to be a deacon? I'll make you a deacon. But you got to have, you're going to have more weight on you. Don't think you're going to get it easy just because you got a title. You can set up in the corner. I, I, I like this church. I, you know, I don't see no deacon sitting over there and I don't see no deacon sitting over there because it ain't supposed to be that way. Huh? You should sit in a in a position that you can look at the pastor. I got to look over at you. I got to look over at you. No, I want to be able to look you in the eye and to be able to let you hear what the word of God says. The thing about it is, the Bible is not... Saying this, this is what the book saying. That's what the book said. I know I always tell my wife when, when we're driving, and she's gonna look at me funny. See, your responsibility is to stay in your lane. See, a pastor and a deacon and, and the deaconess and, and all of the members and officers in the church, all the thing you need to do is what? Stay in your lane. Yeah. See, our focus is service instead of debating about who is the greatest. You should try to stay in your just stay in your lane and do what God has called you to do. See, the thing about working in the church is all about attitude, ain't it? It's all about attitude. We must have some change of attitude from this self-centered attitude we got and put our focus on Jesus. See, the question is, how do we get rid of it? How do we get rid of that attitude uh, that, 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 that we have that divides us, that divides the body of Christ? You know, and I said this morning, we, we got a problem getting along with ourselves, ain't it? Huh? 
guile and hypocrisies and envies, evil speakings and newborn babes desire the sincere of the word and then that you may what? Grow thereby if you be have tasted that the Lord is gracious. See, we need to put away a whole lot of stuff in our lives and put it away and so that we can be able to be a servants of God with the right attitude. You know, the thing about it is you got to put away some stuff that caused this self-centered attitude that we have rather than being able to be servants of Christ. Christ is the focus of everything that we do and, and when we keep our eyes on him, we can take our eyes off ourselves. And that's the only way that we can do this. We got to be able to put our eyes on Christ that will be in this plan that God has to be able to reach the world. Can you imagine that a lot of folk are turned away from church because of what? Our attitude ain't. Huh? The first Baptists think they better than the second Baptists. And the second Baptists think they better than the third Baptists. First Pentecostal, they think they hold a lot better than all the Baptists. You know, and then the Methodists and the, and the Presbyterians, they don't say much. And the Baptists think they ain't, they, they ain't got enough spirit. You know, but if the heart's right, ain't it? I, I don't care how much noise you make. Hey, hey, I, I, you can speak in tongues. You can walk the water. I ain't seen nobody walk on water yet. But if you think you can. But what I'm trying to tell you is, it's all about the desire that you have in your heart to serve God. Put Him first in your life. Say it in Sunday. Seek ye first. What? The kingdom of God and His righteousness and all other things would have added. Y'all would have got that if you come Sunday school. See, our next point is, lay aside our self-centered attitude. Uh, we must what? Humble ourselves. Our text says what? And Jesus called a little child unto them and set him in the midst of them and said, I say unto you, except ye be what converted and become as a little child, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as a little child, the same is greater in the kingdom of heaven. So to give his disciples a clear picture of what he was talking about, uh, Jesus brought this little child and he set them in the midst of them. And he said that if you want to be great, Huh? Humble yourself like that child. Huh? And, and look, and the first thing they want to do, they want to run kids off. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Uh, they want to run the kids off. He said, wait a minute, I got a lesson to teach you. Until you humble yourself like this little child, you'll never be great. You'll never understand greatness that God has for us. See, a childlike attitude is one of dependency on someone else. Not knowing within himself, not able to care for himself, looking to learn, shy, trusting God, looking for someone to help him grow up. But have you ever met a church full of know-it-alls? Unteachable Israel, unteachable. My mother said unlearnable. I don't know whether that's a word or not, but but sometimes you meet folk that that will not be a vessel of learning. You you can pour into them all you want, but somehow they won't be the vessel of learning that they should have. You want to be able to become great. Humble yourself. I, I tell these young preachers that they 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 preach the initial sermon. They want a church. Sit up under your pastor. Huh? He might not know it all. You might be more educated than he is. But sit up 
under your pastor. Great leaders are good followers, ain't it? In order for you to be the greatest leader, you won't sit in and humble yourself. Humble yourself and set up under the authority. And then you will be able to become a great leader yourself. Because just as soon as you become a leader in the church, you will find out that there's some folk ain't going to want to set up under you. to set up under folk. But you need to set up under folk yourself. Uh, set up under folk. And then, first of all, uh, th- th- these were men. Let's, let's, let's get deep. These were men. And men had this thing uh, that, that they always wanted to fight for position. Men has this thing about being men. And, and it's hard to compete with that thing inside of us. And, and, and somehow we don't learn how to surrender ourselves over to somebody else's authority. Because we what? Men. But even sometimes men have to set uh, an example by sitting under authority. And, and it just he said, until you humble yourself, men, like a little child, you'll never be great in the kingdom of God. See, sometimes our greatest obstacles in life is what? Ourselves, ain't it? Huh? We, we have always misused this dominion that God gave us. I talked about it in Sunday school. Having dominion has, has been able to uh, help us to be able to understand what God really meant by that. We got to understand. He, he said that whoever exalted himself shall be abased. That he that humble himself shall be exalted. See, when, when you learn how to have a dominion, you have to surrender to the will of God. And you can't be over everything. I, I, I've seen folk that if they ain't over, they ain't operating. They ain't cooperating if they ain't over. They got to be in a position to be always be over somebody. But you know, there's nobody in this world but God that has no, doesn't have somebody over them. And, and ain't it amazing? They won't set in authority in the church, but they go to work on money. And I know you ain't the big dog at work, are you? Huh? Are you sitting in the front office? Do you have CEO over top of your... Huh? And the CEO ain't big dog either, is Huh? Everybody in this world got what? Somebody that's subordinate to somebody, and you got somebody over you. But he said that, that this position that God blesses us with, we must be able to... Uh, win, 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 know to be able to bind up that inner self that God got inside of us. That inner self that comes into the forefront of us that always want to come to the surface. You know, it's amazing that I don't care what you do, that self got the ability to come to the surface, ain't it? You got to com- compress that thing down to try to keep it at bay. Self want to rise to the top, don't it? I don't care who you are. Huh? The biggest enemy you got is who? Self, man. Self is going to give you a battle. So when you're feeling this self-righteousness, and you need to loosen and get rid of that. Loosen and get rid of it. You know, then Paul writes to the church at Philippi, I know how to be abased and I know how to be abound. And everywhere in all things I'm instructed both to be what? Full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. I can do what? All things through Christ that strengthens me. See, Paul used 
uses this to let us know that that, that attitude, how to work it so you can be able to be the, uh, to advantage of the kingdom of God. You got to be able to work an attitude to be able to be uh, uh, take advantage in any position you, you are in work. Uh, Veronica, you, you got to work your attitude when you own the, you ram nurses. You ran, see the, the worst nurse is the one that don't know how to work with patients. Hard, ain't and, and, and the worst doctor is one that don't know how to work with patients, huh? The worst manager is the one that don't know how to work with subordinates, ain't it? And you got to learn how to what? Work with people. You got to have an attitude that is what? Receptive to be able to work with somebody, ain't it? Yeah. Huh? Your attitude can get in the way of your success. Yeah. Huh? You wonder why everybody else moving up and you ain't going nowhere. It could be what? Yeah. Your attitude, ain't it? I got to take advantage of my attitude. I, I like that old country singer said that you got to know when to hold up. You got to know when to fold up. See, you got to be able to know how to deal with your attitude to get the best effect over each situation. Sometimes you got to have your attitude, ain't you? But sometimes you got to let that attitude what? Down, boy. Have you ever seen a little dog? Down, boy. Down, boy. Huh? <laughs> have you ever told yourself that? Oh, come on. Hey, Kathy, let me look at Kathy. Yeah, every now and then, I got to tell Major, look down, boy. Huh? When that guy took my fishing spot. <laughs> Bro, Tinsley, I did this. Yes, he did. Now, look, what, what the girlfriend said? No, he didn't. <laughs> He didn't. Yeah, but the thing is, sometimes you got to what? Stand up with the right attitude. But sometimes you got to what? Paul said, I learned how to be abound and I learned how to be a base. You got to be able to manage your attitude to be able to deal with people today. You know, a Christian must what? Be meek and humble. But meekness does not mean that you're weak. And, and we got to understand that. Paul said that I can do all things when, when, I'm, when, I'm, when, when I need to be humble at times. And then I need to be bold at times. I, I need to know when to stand. I need to know when to step back. I need to know how to humble myself. I need to know how to be strong. I need to be firm. A parent. My daughter's home this week. My granddaughter's friend had their graduation uh, little get together and, and they came home and and uh, my daughter told me, 16 years old, she said uh, her boyfriend had a had a, had a uh, uh, Pinto, not a Pinto. What was that? The next, what's that next one? Uh, uh, no, the Chevrolet. I mean, it's a Ford. Uh, Maverick. Maverick. Sorry. And uh, I'm going to Bike Week. Oh, you ain't going to no Bike Week. All my friends going to Bike Week. Ain't nobody from William Campbell going to no Bike Week in North Carolina. They can't get the car from Gladys to Brooklyn without breaking down. How you going? My friend going to Bike Week. And then the little boyfriend had come by the house, and then he gonna walk past me. <laughs> Kathy, I needed a new attitude. <laughs> and then when it makes so bad, I got out of character. You better get your. <laughs> and he looked at me, and my daughter said, "I ain't never heard dad to get strong. Sometimes you gotta get firm with them babies, ain't you? Yeah. You love them." Sometimes you need to be humble. 
But sometimes you need to be firm, ain't it? Yeah. Management on a job. You need to be what? Humble sometimes. But sometimes you got to be firm. Sometimes folks just don't get it, ain't it? Sometimes if you don't get it, you got to humble yourself. Then other times when they don't get it, you need to be firm. Yeah. Huh? You need to get over there and get your job done. You know, that's what you need to do. But sometimes when I got firm with her, she finally realized dead and meant what he meant. And then you get on back up in that house. That was my next word. Get on back up in that house. And and my boyfriend said, I left my shoes. I said, Well, the shoes gonna meet you at the door, brother. You don't need to come in the house to get your shoes. Cause here they come. Huh? See, the thing is to be humble sometimes, but for a child in Christ is to be strong as a man, you need to ask God to give you that 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 strength that comes from the inside that doesn't be mean and nasty and, and hateful. You gotta don't you know you can be still strong and not be hateful? You can be strong and not be mean and not to have a bad attitude. And, and sometimes you, you gotta be able to meet people where they are, ain't eh? And you know they all upset, and then you getting upset either, ain't it? Huh? So you got to be able to meet people with that attitude. So God's strength will give you the power to rid your life of those negative ways and humble yourself before Him. You got to have a new attitude to be able to deal with people, but you got to humble yourself. Then our last point is we must what pull that old attitude out of us and then put a new attitude inside of us. Our text says what? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are what? And behold, all things are become new. So Paul writes to the church at Corinth and he's telling them that if we are Christians, we must go through this transformational change. And we have become what now? A new creation uh, by the divine power that God has made available through us, through his Holy Spirit. He instructs us how the process works. He says that all things got to pass away. And then all new things got to become new. The Greek word for new is is, is kalios, which means what? Recently made. Some fresh. So you got to get rid of that old stale self and put something fresh down on the inside of you so that it won't be able to uh, control you the way that that old self did. See, old attitude must be put to death. Ain't it? You, you can't let that thing live. Hey, you can be able to you. 
that resists the world and that has that, that it tries to offer you all the dainties of the world. Have you ever noticed that the things that the world offers you is always more dainty than the things that somehow God offers us? And, and, and we think that way. But it's really, it's, it, what God offers us is millions of times better. But we know that our eyes, yeah. what happened in the garden? When they looked upon the fruit, yeah. it looked good. Yes, it huh? It looked good to eat. And that's what the world offers us. The things that the world offers us look good. But everything that looks good, what? It ain't good for you. And then step three, he says, renew your mind to the will of God. The will of self will push you hard. But in order for you to have that transformation, you got to renew your mind to the will of God. Then humble yourself under his presence. See, the biggest obstacle of change, as I told you before, is self. To yield yourself over to the will of God in your life is hard for mankind unless we have a renewed attitude. Uh, this selfishness is defined as the world of the flesh and that the devil rules each and every day and we must resist that. He said if you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. But if you cooperate with him, he's going to hang around there for a while, ain't eh? for a while if you cooperate with it. See, God has what? Provided us His grace through Jesus Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit to come within us to be able to put that old self to death and to put on that new man so that we can be more like Christ in our life. So I got to what? I got a renewed mind after I surrender to God. I got a renewed attitude when I surrender to God. I got the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of me when I try to uh, allow that old self to come back up. I got the Spirit of God in me, the power of God in me now that I can suppress that thing. See, you got to grow in faith. You got to grow in your maturity that you can't fall for the same old things. What? All the time, ain't it? And, and, and once we grow in faith, that renewed power that we have, our mind is made up, knowing that God has given us the power through Christ to be able to put away that old stuff in our lives that used to weigh us down and, and to be able to walk in the new walk and, and talk with the new talk and, and to sing with a new song in our heart. And, and then I believe that once you get that inside of you, you got that new attitude. So when we close, I can celebrate now. Oh, my step is not as slow as it used to be. My talk is not as lowly as it used to be. And my song of praise is, is now singing about the goodness of the Lord I have in my heart. I, I know that I, I, I don't have to fight alone. See, when you have Christ on the inside of you, you ain't got to fight this thing all by yourself. Paul said that we're compassed about by a great host of witnesses. When you're in Christ, when you surrender yourself over to Jesus Christ, to the will of the God and the Holy Spirit working in your life, you ain't doing it alone. You got God that's with you. And, and I, 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 I think on Friday night I said that somehow we thought that God was alone. He got lonely. You know the poem by James Weldon Johnson? He said that I was lonely. I make me a man. But God won't by himself. He, he had God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God won't never alone. He always had that triune nature of God with him. And he had what? Host of angels right about him there. God don't need our worship. We said Friday night, God don't need our worship. God got a host of 
our discipleship. God can build a church up without me and you. God don't need our faithfulness. God is faithful all by himself. God is God. You can't minimize God. You can't make God any greater than he is. God is God all by himself. God don't need us. We need him. We need him to be able to get a new attitude so that we can change the way we walk. I'm glad that I'm not alone this morning on this Christian journey. Paul said that we got a great cloud of witnesses. We ain't by ourselves since Jesus uh, removed the weight off of my shoulders. I, I, I can ready to run the race now that he set before me. I, I don't know about you this morning, but I feel like shouting this morning. I thank the Lord that what all that he has done for me. I thank him that he sent his darling son Jesus into the world to die for my sins. And he died for your sins too. He got up. He didn't stay in that grave. He got up. He gave me victory over sin, death, and the grave. And, and I thank God for that. And I believe that when the old great getting up morning come, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be there. He's going to say, well done, that good and faithful servant. You've just been faithful over a few things. I'm glad that on that day that there won't be no Mondays, no more blue Mondays, there no more sad Tuesdays. There won't be no weary Wednesdays, no more tumultuous Thursdays. There will be no more freaky Fridays. There will be no sad Saturdays. Every day going to be like Sunday. And I don't know songwriter said that I feel good. I feel good down to my soul. And then every time I think about Jesus, I feel good, good, good. I feel good about it. I got a new attitude. I, I go back to what old Pat Bell said. I'm feeling good from my head to my toes. I know where I'm going and I know what to do. I feel tied up to my point of view. I got a new attitude. I'm in control of my worries and the words are few because I've got like love with God. So I encourage you today, choose Christ. Get him today, get a new attitude and become that new creation that God made available to each one of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I got a new attitude. What about you? Huh? I got a new attitude. I feel different. I them little three days off, I felt different because I had a chance to Lay some stuff aside, huh? I heard a guy, guy said, what you fishing for? I said, I ain't fishing for nothing. I got my hook in the water, almost hoping I don't catch nothing. Hmm? Hey, 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 I, I just want to relax. Huh? Lay aside some stuff. Huh? Get the weight of the church. Get the weight of the world. Get the weight of people off of me. What about that business? Get away from that business for a few days and... You need to do that. Hey, look, if you want to be able to get a, a good attitude, a right attitude, you need to be able to spend some time alone with you and God. Amen. Huh? Oh, that, that'll help your attitude more than anything else. Get you some time with God. Amen. And I believe everything going to be all right. Once we get the new attitude, then we'll be able to enjoy all the blessings that God has made available. He, 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 he. His desire is that we should prosper. Huh? Prosper in everything in life. But in order for you to prosper, to get all of the benefits that God has in store for you, you got to get your head right. Huh? Get your head put it on right. 
Uh, get your mind right. Let this mind be in you, which is also what? In Christ Jesus. Once you get that new attitude, you can be able to do the great things that God has appointed and anointed you to do. But if you, I don't care how much appointed you are, I don't care how much anointed you are, when you hit your head between him and God, when you get your head between self and God, you ain't going to do the great thing. Do you know how many great works are out there unclaimed? All of them greatness that God had put inside of you, you let self get in the way. And all of a sudden, you wonder, I mean, I was supposed to do all of these things. But you had self in the way. Remove self out the way. Surrender to God. And then you'll see your greatness. God bless you. Hope this touched someone to this morning. So let us bow. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Hopefully each one of us have gotten encouraged that we can be able to operate with this new attitude that is made through our darling son, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. Lord, we thank you so much. We praise your name, Lord, for all that you have done. We glorify your name. We pray for the sick. We pray for the suffering. We pray for the world at large. We pray for our nation. We pray for each doctor and nurse that have helped us get through this difficult time. We pray, O oh Lord, for the EMS. We pray for our law and our officials that are governing us each and every day. We, we just thank you for your institution of church we thank you for our gathering again here at piney hill we glorify your name because you're worthy to be praised lord just go with us and continue to help us to look lean and depend upon you lord we thank you lord and we praise you in christ jesus name amen